what to feel on a Good Friday. Maybe you are in that same boat as you've come in tonight and you've been singing these songs and hearing these readings, the, the feeling of sorrow, just experiencing the anguish of, of Christ. Then something of the sublime you know, might come over you as you look at our Savior and you see His beauty. And the grief and the sorrow and the beauty uh, mingle together. And I think that is the point. Us being together tonight is to recognize the beauty of what has happened and yet to see the depth of what He experienced. And so it's right for us to feel all these things. I'm very glad to uh, be with you tonight. If this is your first time here with us as a church, welcome. My name is Gray. I am the pastor. And I want to just meditate for a few minutes. If you would, turn in that bulletin that you received as you came in to the center page. There is just a few verses from 1 Thessalonians I want to read for us tonight. Paul says, But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. This is the word of the Lord. Read that verse 10 again and focus on that for just a few minutes. It says that Christ died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. I think, though I don't know, that that is the inspiration for the uh, song, Be Thou My Vision, at least in the first verse, which tells us that, you know, Be Thou My Vision, O Lord of my heart, be all else to me except what you art. And then he says, Waking or sleeping, thy presence, my light. It's the presence of God waking or sleeping. And here in that song and then in this passage as well, the idea of being awake or being asleep is it's kind of a mixed metaphor because it's talking about both being alert and being awake, meaning that you're sober-minded and you are alert, and asleep being that you are exposed and unaware, but also it's a picture of life and death, of course, waking or sleeping, whether I'm alive or I have died, thy presence is my light. It's to live with Christ, waking or sleeping. This week I came across a journal entry from the uh, famous French philosopher of the 20th century, Jean-Paul Sartre. And Sartre is very famous, not known for being a Christian, and uh, he wrote in 1980, he was an old man, uh, up in years, and he wrote this journal entry that has survived. And he writes on that day in 1980, the idea 
that there is no purpose, only personal petty ends for which we fight. The idea that we make little revolutions, but there is no goal for mankind. One cannot think of such things. They tempt you incessantly, especially if you are old and you think, oh well, I'll be dead in five years at the most. In fact, I think ten, but it might well be five. In any case, the world seems ugly, bad, and without hope. There, that's the cry of despair of an old man who will die in despair. But, he says, that's exactly what I resist. I know I shall die in hope. But that hope needs a foundation. Full stop. End of the journal entry. I know I will die in hope, but that hope needs a foundation. He wanted the hope of a future. He wanted some goal for mankind that would not be petty and just circular, but something that everybody could participate in, some kind of future goal of everyone, some kind of hope. But he recognized that that hope needs a foundation. What he saw was that there was a connection between the two. I want a future hope, but I need a foundation now. Or to put it in the terms of 1 Thessalonians, what we just read, what he's basically saying is this, I need something that equips me to live in order that I can die in hope. Because I've got to have a foundation and I've got to have a hope. And there must be some kind of bridge between the two. He speculated that he had 10 years to figure out what that foundation was. But he admitted it could be, being an old man, as little as five. He died four weeks later. Did he die with hope as he said he would, with the foundation set in place? We don't know. I do know that Scripture gives us that connection between the foundation of living and the preparation for dying. And the Scripture tells us that what that bridge is, the thing that equips us for the day and prepares us for the night, is the cross of Christ. What we are here tonight to honor and meditate on, it is the cross of Christ. That's what he says in verse 10. He died for us so that there are many reasons why Christ died, and Scripture gives us many of them, but here is one of them. He died so that whether we are awake or we are asleep, we might live with Him. It is the bridge. And so the cross of Christ equips us for the day. It gives us the foundation for our life, and also it prepares us for the night. It equips us for the day. Verse 8 reminds us that this looks like a protection over our lives. 
we are in the day. It is true that all of us in this room are alive and waking, alert somewhat at least to the truths of reality, perhaps suppressing them somewhat, but it's true that we're all awake here and what Paul tells us is that there's a command here, but there's a command that comes with equipment in order to carry it out. The command is to be sober, but since we belong to the day, let us be sober. He means more than not drinking excessively there. He's talking about the sobriety of being sober-minded, being alert, being awake to what is true and real in the world. That's the command, be sober, but it comes with equipment, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. Three things that cover us, that equip us for the day. They are the things that Paul has mentioned before in 1 Corinthians 13, the famous love chapter. He says, faith, hope, and love, these three remain but the greatest of these is love. And here he says faith, hope, and love. But he also says that they serve as an equipment of protection. Faith and love are a breastplate covering the guts, covering the heart, covering the internal person. If we have faith, that is a conviction of things not seen, that is a certainty of things that is internal, then that covers us. If we have a love for other people, increasingly that covers us over the heart. But also, something for our heads, the helmet of hope. It means we are protected from the thoughts of despair and from the things that insert themselves that give us that sense of hopelessness. We cover ourselves with the hope of Christ. Again, the cross is why we have these. The cross is what secures our hope. Jesus' death on the cross means that there, there is a hope for us secured and there is a future guaranteed. And if it not had been for the cross, there would be no reason for that hope. So, The cross is what secures our hope. The cross is what enables our love. We see with what great love He has loved us. This Christ who has laid down His life for us teaches us how to love others. And the cross is the greatest example. It secures our hope and enables our love and it fuels our faith. Because to have a conviction, to have a foundation that prepares us, it must touch down into reality and it must relate somehow to our salvation this faith is not just a faith in general it is a faith in a crucified savior and so we are equipped for the day but we're also prepared for the night waking or sleeping thy presence my light if the cross equips us for the day. It also prepares us for what is next. We reflect on our own deaths as we look at the death of Jesus tonight. It is inescapable that we do. 
And we as Christians, if you've put your faith in Christ, do not need to write in your journal that I want and I believe fully that there will be, that I will die in hope. But that hope needs a foundation. You write instead that I will die in hope because the foundation of my life is Christ crucified. That in his death is my life. He has secured it for me. Much has been written by many old guys we call the Puritans about dying well. How do you die well? They give like 35 or 40 different answers, right? But they're all about the cross. They're all about reflecting on what Christ has done. What does all this mean for us as we close tonight? It means practically for us that the cross is both our protection, that equipment for the day, and our hope, that preparation for the night. It is our protection. Do we come in tonight wounded? Yes, we do. All of us do. We have wounds from childhood. We have wounds from relationships. We have deep struggles. We have things that we have named to other people and things that we haven't. All of us have these wounds. Things that have been said things that have been done, things that that have been thought, things that have been experienced. And what we're encouraged to do tonight is to cover those wounds, the breastplate of faith and love. To feel the protection of God. Not just to know it, but to experience the covering of what Christ has done for us. What does the Scripture say? By His wounds, we are healed. And those cuts that are in you, as real as they are, and they are real, there are deeper cuts to Christ. And He carries us as bloody as we are and heals us and protects us. And so part of the design of tonight is for us to actually reflect on this. To actually experience the soothing that comes from His suffering. Because there is a transfer. By His wounds, we are healed. We can allow ourselves to feel and experience that healing tonight. Whatever wounds we have. We cover them with the breastplate of faith and love. We also come in with fears, and fears are just distress about future wounds. That's all fear is. That will affect me. That will be hard. That will be terrible when I have to go through that. We bring our fears in. And for that, we need to put on the helmet of hope and protect our minds, specifically because the cross has secured, purchased, and protected a future for us. It doesn't mean that there aren't things to actually legitimately be afraid of. It's to realize that no wound, or present or future, however it might be, however hard it might be, is final for you because it was final for Christ. We put on the helmet of that hope. 
So we know that whatever today brings or whatever tomorrow is holding for us, thy presence, my light. We live with him. And the reason why we have that hope, that faith and that love is because of what he's done for us on the cross. And so we honor him tonight and we experience the healing of his covering and the hope for our fears. Let's pray.